You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. The scripture this morning is from Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 through 31, using the Common English Bible translation. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fertile and multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and everything crawling on the ground. Then God said, I now give to you all the plants of the earth that yield seeds and all the trees whose fruit produces its seeds within it. These will be your food. To all wildlife, to all the birds in the sky, and to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give all of the green grasses for food. And that's what happened. God saw everything he had made. It was supremely good. There was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Gene, for reading our scripture lesson this morning. So last suddenly, last Sunday, I suddenly couldn't hear properly in my right ear. And there was some new ringing in that ear. Now, I've had trouble with my ears for most of my life, so this was not a surprise for me to have happen. And normally, it's something that I can treat at home. But Monday afternoon, I was in urgent care. A week of medicine from that visit brought some relief, but my symptoms were still present Friday morning. So I went to the ear, nose, and throat practice seeking a solution. With so much of my attention turned this week to my health challenge, when I picked up the book Liturgy of the Ordinary, which is helping to shape this worship series, I laughed at our author's opening sentence. She wrote, So much of life unavoidably is just maintenance. This is especially true of our bodies. Our lives are taken up with the care and maintenance of our bodies. We have to clean them, feed them, deal with their waste, exercise them, and give them rest again and again every day. Having a body is a lot of work. She's right. Having a body is a lot of work. Now, for those who are young, it may not feel that way. But for those who have aged a few decades of life, boy, that seems like it is a lot of work. It just becomes more and more work. It doesn't always feel like a gift. But at any age and in any health status, our gift from God is our body. And our scripture lesson this morning from that first chapter of Genesis tells it in this way. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. 
Now, in the homiletics journal, it comments on this passage by pointing out that in the near ancient East world in which this text was written, and remember, it wasn't written originally, it was told orally from generation to generation. In that context, they said, quote, kings and pharaohs were often referred to as the image of a particular god the human embodiment of that God, and who ruled in place of that God. So the image of God was invested in the king alone. Often there was a temple with the king's image in it in the form of a statue. And this acted as a concrete symbol of God's reign through the king. In that context, says the homiletics journal, Genesis 1 is a bold statement. There is one creator God whose image is invested not in a singular king, but in all of humanity, male and female, who are to be concrete embodied symbols and stewards of God's reign on earth. It is not a matter of birth or one's family tree. It is a gift of the creator. All of humanity were made to be royalty. This week, we have been seeing in our news the passing of Queen Elizabeth II and have seen the impact of someone who was born a queen, well, born into the royal family and later made a queen. And so it's very easy to forget that when we look at Scripture, that all of humanity were made to be royalty. In the book of Psalms, there is a poetic license to describe humanity. And in Psalm 8, praising God, the poet said, You have made human beings a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. Humans not only reflect the image of God in the way that they care for creation, but they reflect the image of God in their character. In other words, they were made to be the family of God on earth. We humans bear the image of God. Now, it's easy to focus this text and think, well, it's just our minds and our hearts and our souls. Because when God was creating everything, God didn't have a body. But God did indeed at one point in our history have a body through the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And so while the image of God that we bear does indeed rest firmly in our hearts, our souls, and our minds, we cannot separate the image of God from our actual flesh as well. Author Tish Warren wrote, At root, Christianity is a thoroughly embodied faith. We believe in the incarnation. Christ came in a body. And while he may not have brushed his teeth with a pink Colgate brush like mine, he spent his days in the same kind of bodily maintenance that we do. Jesus slept, Jesus ate, Jesus groomed. He took naps, got his feet dirty, had them washed. He likely enjoyed a good long dinner since he was derided by his more ascetic critics as a drunkard and a glutton. In the scriptures, we find the body is not incidental to our faith, but the body is integral to our worship. We were made to be embodied, to experience life, pleasure, and even limits in our bodies. 
When Jesus redeems us, that redemption occurs in our bodies. And when we die, we will not float away to heaven and leave our bodies behind, but we will one day experience the resurrection of our bodies. Christ himself appeared after his resurrection in a mysteriously changed, but actually real and flesh body. If the church does not teach us what our bodies are for, our culture certainly will. If we don't learn to live the Christian life as embodied beings, worshiping God and stewarding the good gift of our bodies, we will learn a false gospel, an alternative liturgy of the body. Instead of temples as the Holy Spirit, we will come to see our bodies primarily as a tool for meeting our needs and desires. She reflects each week in this book on different practices of her ordinary everyday life, and they become moments and props for her to experience God's presence. And this week, it is brushing her teeth, standing there in the morning and the evening, looking in the mirror with her pink Colgate toothbrush. She is brushing her teeth, and it is that moment where she can remember that she was made by God and she was made in her body to be good. She reflects on this act of standing in front of a mirror by talking about one of her colleagues and the way that he will bless the homes when he is asked to go to do a home blessing and he will go into the bathroom. And she describes how he takes his anointing oil And he prays that when people look into that bathroom mirror, they would see themselves as beloved images of God. He prays that they would not relate to their bodies with the categories the world gives, but instead, according to the truth of who they are in Christ. It's easy to look in the mirror and take stock of all that we feel is lacking or wrong about our bodies. Instead, we must learn the habit of beholding our bodies as a gift and learn to delight in the body that God has made for us. My colleague told me that when he prays over the bathroom mirror, he has noticed fathers of young girls begin to cry. They long for their daughters to see themselves as God sees them and for their reflection in their bathroom mirror to be a reflection of their belovedness and freedom in Christ. When you stand before the mirror brushing your teeth, do you see the belovedness of Christ in you? Do you see the child of God that God made and declared to be good? Reverend Barbara Brown Taylor once talked about our body as our soul's address. Jesus had a body and he was fully human. Have you ever thought about those acts of care for your body as part of your spiritual life, as part of your worship? Our author Tish Warren reminds us about the sacredness of our bodies and that as we worship together in a space that our bodies are holy and sacred when we are gathered as the body of Christ. But this does not break apart when we leave the sanctuary. The sacredness of our individual bodies retains with us all throughout our days. We carry with us this sacredness wherever we go and whenever we look into any mirror. 
Jesus was the one who put on flesh. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He took on every aspect of being human, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was the whole point of the incarnation. This is a faith where God was willing to come to be with us and to experience all that we lived with. The aches and pains of a body that has walked far from one place to another that has felt tired, that has tried to sleep in the midst of a storm. Our faith is an embodied faith. Warren wrote, In Christ, bodily tasks are a response to God's goodness. These teeth that I'm brushing, the body that I'm bathing, these nails that I'm clipping, they were made by a loving creator who does not reject the human body. Instead, God declared us very good. That brings us back to the scripture in Genesis. At the end of every day in creation, God looks at what has been made that day and God says, and it was good. And if you look closely, it's not just good. It's, oh, that's all right. It's supremely good. God is declaring a blessing upon all of creation. And God declares that humans are supremely good. God didn't say, well, when that person's hair is just right, then he's supremely good. Or when that woman's wearing makeup, then she's supremely good. Or when that human weighs just about 15 pounds less than where they are now, then they're supremely good. God declared each and every human to be supremely good. You'll notice that God also didn't say some humans were good, like the white ones or the rich ones or the educated ones or the healthy ones. God doesn't say only the ones without a disability. God doesn't say only the ones with fill in the blank of whatever it is that you hold inside with a worry. Instead, God declared every human body to be supremely good. The bodies of all colors, the black bodies, the brown bodies, they are beautiful in God's eyes. The bodies that are differently able, that maybe don't work the way that the owner might hope for, but those bodies are beautiful in God's eyes. Friends, we are living in a time where everyone's body is not valued in the same way. Some are pushed to the margins, pushed aside, abused and subjected, whether it is because of their race or their gender or their ability. There are so many ways that people see their body as something other than supremely good. And we who are Christians must declare that not only are we created in the image of God, but so is each and every other child of God. There are a lot of ways that we judge and disparage our own bodies. And there are a lot of ways that we may judge and disparage the bodies of others. But as Christians, we are called to more than that. We are called to pause and remember our own belovedness, the image of God that is in us and in our bodies, and also in every other body we encounter. So maybe it is one of those Mindless, simple tasks like brushing your teeth every day that can remind you that as you care for your body, you are caring for God's good creation. And that as you encounter the bodies of others, you will care for them 
because they are sacred and supremely good. Thanks be to God for the gift of our holy and sacred bodies. Amen.